This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and Pharmacy Future Leaders. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your host, Haley Ward, for the Pharmacy Future Leaders. On today's episode, um, I'm really excited. It's really special because we are celebrating Women's Pharmacist Day. And this is a big thanks to Dr. Suzanne Solomon. She's the founder of a Facebook group called Pharmacist Moms. And the group brings together a bunch of um, women pharmacists. And she chose October 12th because it was in honor of um, Elizabeth Greenleaf, the first woman pharmacist in America. So let's make sure we make today matter. Take selfies using the hashtag Women's Pharmacist Day and hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders to be featured on our page. So a few episodes ago, we did... um, an episode titled, What Do Pharmacists Do? Where we went out into the community and we asked people if they knew what pharmacists do. And some had an idea, but others were simply thought that all we did was sell drugs. So since this show was so entertaining, we thought that we'd make a mini series out of it. And in this series that we've titled, What Pharmacists Really Do, we will bring on guests from different sectors of pharmacy and they're gonna share with us what they do. On today's episode, we have Kelsey Zapata. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So Kelsey is an emergency medicine clinical pharmacist. And before we get started um, with asking you questions about what you do in the ER, I just want you to share a little bit about what you've done to get to where you are today. So where'd you go to pharmacy school? A little bit about yourself. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, I am a graduate of the University of Toledo College of Pharmacy, Go Rockets. Um, I then went on to do a PGY-1 and hospital pharmacy at um, Akron General Medical Center in Akron, Ohio. And I completed a PGY-2 in critical care at um, Charleston Area Medical Center in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, From there, I was looking for positions either in the emergency department or the ICU. And I um, have been working for the last, well now five years, at um, the emergency department at Cahuilla Delta Medical Center in Visalia, California. Um, It's a level two uh, trauma center, well, level three, but going for level two status. Um, We see 90,000 plus visits per year, which actually puts us on par with um, bigger cities like San Francisco or LA. And we have 24 seven, 365 emergency medicine pharmacy services. So we rotate between day shift and night shift, and we're actually going to add a mid-shift person because um, the work is just so busy. We are present at every critical patient's bedside, so we attend all codes, traumas, resuscitations, um, intubations, procedural sedations, and anything and everything in between. We're requested to um, see patients We feel questions from um, doctors, PAs, NPs, nurses, nursing students. We also precept pharmacy residents and pharmacy students. So you name it, we pretty much do it. 
So you said that you're very busy and you guys are going to add a midday shift. So what is your response to uh, people saying in the profession that it's oversaturated and that pharmacists are not going to have jobs? What do you say to that when you have so many cases coming in on a daily basis and have your hands full for entire shifts? Well, um, I mean, I have seen it. I've heard it. Um, you know as well, being in the pharmacist moms group, um, that there are constantly people looking for jobs and being pushed to do more with less, um, especially in the retail world. Um, in the hospital world, I feel like my position and my um, uh, hospital is a little bit more unique because we're in a very underserved area. Um, we're in the Central Valley of California. It's not the big glamour cities like San Francisco or LA. So we are one of the few places that are actually expanding. Um, we're opening positions and we're opening jobs. And I know that is not the case in, in most other parts of the country. So um, while we are growing to meet the demands of a growing city and a growing area, um, I do feel and see constantly the um, stress that's put on pharmacists, especially new grads these days, trying to find positions um, in areas where we already have more pharmacists than positions open. So. That's definitely a, a huge thing. Um, I feel lucky to have the position that I do. Um, and I know that if I needed to move or needed to go anywhere else, it might be a little bit more difficult to find a position because of that. So with staying within the same topic, um, what would you say to students who are interested in you know, working as an ER pharmacist and are worried about all of these things of not having a job? Besides going and working for an underserved area, what do you think a student can do right now to get ready for such a you know, fast-paced position that really recalls and requires so much clinical knowledge? Um, well, absolutely, um, residency is a must. Um, and just as competitive as, you know, retail positions are these days are residency positions. There tend to be more applicants than positions every year and that, that divide is growing. Even though there are new programs starting all over the place, there seem to be more applicants um, every year that outpaces the demand. Um, the biggest thing is to set yourself apart. Um, work as an intern in a retail pharmacy or hospital if you can. Um, take challenging rotations in IPIs and APIs. Um, do research if you're able to or um, have the opportunity to with your um, professors or um, with clinical pharmacists in the area. It really just takes setting yourself apart. And I know it's hard because everybody is striving for those grades and those. Um, tests that you're, you're getting um, piled on every week. I would say that diversifying yourself, you know, a GPA is a great thing. A high GPA, you know, always scores you big points, but also having more experiences, being involved in those um, uh, school clubs like APHA, ASHP, um, ACCP, anything you can to set yourself apart, be active, be a treasurer, be a president, um, attend meetings, things like that, or what's going to make you a well-rounded um, candidate when it comes to going into residency. Um, it used to be that clinical positions were readily available with only having done one year of residency, and you can still find very um, interactive clinical positions in the hospital world with one year of residency. 
but more and more the demand is going to be for a second year, especially when you're looking at more um, focused and specialized clinical areas like an ER pharmacist or ID or cardiology or what have what it be it. So looking towards um, that second year and what you can do to set yourself apart is also important. And that's very important that you said that. And I want all of the students listening to, to really internalize what you said. It's so important to set yourself apart and not only thinking that your GPA is going to get you everywhere. You know, you need to network, you need to meet people because it, it, it is about who you know, you know, and making those contacts early on and getting mentorships and, and applying for residencies early so that you can secure your spot. It's all of these things together because there's a lot of students that think, oh, I'm going to go to class. I'm going to come home, study, pass my exams, and I'm going to be golden. And that's sadly not the case because there is so much competitiveness when it comes to pharmacy. Um, and on the other side, I wanted to kind of mention, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm undecided about residency. I think I'm just going to do retail. In your experience, how many times have you seen a retail pharmacist cross over easily into a hospital pharmacist role? Um, in my experience, I can't say that I know anyone that has um, done it uh, with only a couple years out. Most people that I do know, some hospital pharmacists that have come from retail, um, and it was after seven, 10 years, and that's very few and far between. Most of the time, if you think you're going to do retail for a few years, um, make back money to pay back loans, which I totally understand. Loans are a huge um, deal for many, many students, and the debt that you incur going to pharmacy school can be astronomical these days. Um, but your ability to kind of go back into that student learner role after being out of school gets harder the longer you're out of school. So. While it might be tempting to, to sign on with a company and, and start making those big pharmacist paychecks, um, not only will you be farther removed from school from a work ethic standpoint of having to just bust out projects and read and study and things like that, um, it also puts you a little bit further away from the hospital type knowledge. Now, there's absolutely um, retail residencies, and if that's the way you want to go, then community practice. Um, is you know so vital to that um, role but if you're going to be doing um, hospital-based residency I feel like it's easier to do that straight out of school. I completely agree I feel like it's two completely different worlds and once you've gotten used to the community setting it's not to say that it's not possible but I've heard from everyone that I've spoken to that it's easier to go from hospital to community than from community to hospital and that's completely understandable because of the clinical intensity that being a hospital pharmacy uh, pharmacist has um, and while working in the ER did you always know that you wanted to be an ER pharmacist or was this something that you fell in love with when you did an appy uh, what was your path like well, personally for me, I actually decided um, to pursue um, a specialized residency while still in my PGY-1, and it was after my ICU rotation that um, I really fell in love with the critical care aspect of pharmacy, um, being at the bedside for those super sick patients, um, making in such a huge impact to turn patients around, and um, dealing with the most... Um, uh, intricate medications like vasopressors and sedation meds. And um, that's why I pursued critical care residency. 
Now I did my ER rotation after I applied for critical care residencies and realized I liked that equally as well. Um, one thing that my mentor and my PGY one year told me was that it was, um, you know, very applicable to do critical care um, and be able to look for ER pharmacy jobs, especially when I was in residency five plus years ago now, um, there weren't as many ER specialty residencies as there are available now. Um, so for me, um, that was kind of the path that I took to an ER position. Um, now, like I said, there's a lot more ER specialty residencies. So if you think you have any kind of inclination to that type of a um, practice, I would definitely advise looking for an ER rotation as an appy. There are so many more available now that there are more um, available ER pharmacists. And that can really give you an up close and personal view of what we do every day and let you know whether or not you think it is a path for you or if you rather pursue something else. Because I will say, as far as um, what you see, it's probably the most intense um, as far as seeing the patients and the positions, the, the critical situations that they're in. So it is definitely not for the faint of heart. And that's exactly what I think everybody you know, what comes to mind to everyone that hears ER pharmacists, it's, it's scary because you're in the front lines 100%. And I had a question about that. So when everybody hears ER pharmacy, they get scared. And I'm the number one person I get scared because you're there in the front lines with the patients. What would you say is the number one thing that an ER pharmacist brings to the table? Like what makes you so important to be in the ER? Well, I think the number one thing that I contribute is um, the readily available um, medication and knowledge and information. The Probably the biggest thing to know about ER is everything is fast-paced, on the go, think on your feet. Um, you're used to, in other hospital positions, you're used to having time to look up in your um, references, look on your Lexicomp on your phone, you know, say, I'm going to take a few minutes and get back to you. And that is not the luxury that I have as an ER pharmacist, probably 80% of the time or more. Um, in those critical situations, you need to be able to provide fast-paced answers. And so when you're going so fast in a trauma or a code and, you know, time is of the essence, seconds count, seconds matter, being that person that can provide that answer to the dose of epinephrine or how much to give a patient of propofol for an intubation. Um, being able to give that information in a split second is vital. And if you do not have that drug information expert, there can be errors because a doctor is remembering their procedures. They're remembering to check the patient um, and their ABCs. They're worrying about the vitals, the nurses trying to get lines. Everybody kind of has their own role. And medication, if not delegated to an ER pharmacist, is on top of that role of some other person that is in that trauma code. And so being able to kind of be that external brain for everybody and come up with the doses real fast, catch a drug interaction really fast. It, it's vital and can you know turn a patient from either going down a bad road or turning them to go down a good road. And I feel like that's the biggest impact that we have is being able to prevent errors right at the bedside um, that could have made the worst impact on the patient. 
And that's wonderful that you explained it like that. I completely agree. And this goes to show that pharmacists don't just count pills. You do so much. And patients really have no idea sometimes how vital it is to have pharmacists. Um, your, your care at bedside, your knowledge with these drugs, it's, you make life-saving decisions sometimes. And you know, a lot of people don't give respect and I go into the provider status sector. I wanted to ask, since you're in such close proximity with other healthcare providers, what is the relationship within the ER department? Well, I was very lucky um, coming into my role, the, the pharmacy practice and my ER was already established. So the pharmacy um, acceptance at my hospital is, is comparable to none. It is so amazing to work with um, doctors, nurses, PAs, NPs that um, already realize kind of what we bring to the table as pharmacists. And I feel like I don't have to do a lot of pitching of my skills and because that uh, relationship is already so established, um, you know, there are times that my phone is ringing off the hook and I've got a line of three or four people deep at my desk to ask me questions. And basically, you know, the response we hear is, oh, that's what the pharmacist says. No, you trust the pharmacist. And so, you know, the, the trust that they have in us to provide the correct medication information the correct advice. And, you know, a lot of the times we're guiding therapy at the front lines, you know, okay, this patient has this infection and these allergies, what medication should I prescribe? What antibiotic would be best for this patient? And so I feel like I have a direct impact on patient care because instead of going to their, you know, pocket guide to look up, well, what's the recommended um, antibiotic, I can delve a little bit more into patient information maybe look at their other medications, catch a drug interaction before it's even prescribed. So those types of um, uh, interventions are things that I do and my colleagues do on a daily basis. And I think that's really value added for our um, services because, you know, a lot of people think that we're just there to check orders and, you know, make sure that facilitate drug delivery to the bedside but um, there's so much more that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And thankfully, because we do that, the trust and the um, uh, relationships with everybody, all healthcare um, workers in the ER is very, very good. That's great. And a lot of people do think that pharmacists with provider status are wanting to take doctor's jobs away. And that's absolutely not the case. It's building that relationship and working together for better patient outcomes. And that's what I think the, the main focus has to be. And you mentioned pocket guides. As a student, I freak out after exams and I'm like, how am I going to remember all of this information, especially in an ER setting? How do you keep up to date with all of the new medications coming in in such a fast paced environment? How do you keep yourself at the tip top shape of, of knowledge, sort of say? Um, that's tough. And it, and it takes a lot of um, drawing on a lot of different sources, um, especially in the ER world, because we see anything and everything. And I feel like at times it's just as much uh, ambulatory care outpatient medicine as it is inpatient medicine. So personally for me, um, I am board certified. So I'm constantly doing PSAPs and CSAPs and keeping up with um, the CE requirement for the board certifications. Um, but also I like to um, 
read. There are emergency medicine blogs out there that um, have a lot of good information. They also have some not so good information. And I find <laughs> that our um, ER doctors will sometimes take those as um, the end all be all. So it's good to be up to date on what those are saying. So we know what to look out for. Um, additionally, you know, journals, medical journals with new articles, um, the pharmacist moms group is great. Feel like everybody comments that we need to get CE for reading through that <laughs> information on there. So um, just kind of being open and keeping your ears out for um, whatever kind of information can cross through and making sure you don't um, tunnel yourself into just one source for CE or one source for new information is important. Wow, Kelsey, that's great advice. I want to thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your experience with us. I know that there's a lot of students out there who are terrified of ER pharmacist jobs and might now be thinking about it, me being one of them. It's such an important job and it, it's so imperative for patient care. I want to thank you again for being on the show. You're invited back anytime. Happy Women's Pharmacist Day. This is such an important day that needs to be celebrated. There's so many women pharmacists out there that are not being recognized. We all need to represent. And <laughs> if you want to give a shout out to anyone, this is the moment. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, absolutely. Women in pharmacy is so important. Um, my uh, team, give one male, the rest of them are female. So um, shout out to my uh, ER pharmacist colleagues at Quia Delta. Um, and just, you know, all women pharmacists everywhere, I feel like it is such a great field for women. Um, there's a lot of um, places that we can impact and provide care that um, we are doing and we're, we're forging the path right now. So enjoy your Women's Pharmacist Day and I know I will. Thank you. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.